Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. I am privileged to have Gina Tufano here. She is the head honcho, the ringleader at Team AGC of Keller Williams. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So listeners don't know this, but we're actually video conferencing so we can see each other. And there's a sign behind you that says, work hard and be nice to people. Why is that important to you? Oh, my goodness. Um people, every, people are everything. I mean, that was a loaded question. I don't know how that couldn't be important. Um, on the team, we don't actively market. We don't send out tons of mailers. We're not on the side of a bus or anything like that. It is all taking care of people. So um, I, I, the reason I, the reason I, I don't this even up, know where to start. It's so, it's so encompassing. Pervasive, it's yeah. So the reason I brought it up was we had a conversation before we started recording Mm-hmm. And I could tell that, you know, people are incredibly important to you and for you. And the reason I brought it up was this, is that a lot of times people will have, oh, it's all about the people. It's all about our employees. And if you work there, you kind of go, bullshit, that is not true. They're just words on the wall, but not something in the heart. So when did this kind of land in your heart and be a critical part of who you are? I would say once I started um, building the team, actually 2000. I think I joined Keller in 2009 and it was my first foray into when I started real estate, everyone covered their papers. Um, It was, you know, you had to figure it out for yourself. There wasn't a collaborative atmosphere. It was, you know, you're either going to trial by fire and good luck. (laughs) Uh, When I went to Keller and I was starting, when I started the team, I was teaching, I was in teaching mode. And then when I went to Keller and I saw all these resources and everybody just sharing and collaborating and giving, and I was just like, this is the way it's supposed to be. It's not like this, all of a sudden, like my world just exploded. And I, um, I started teaching the agents. It's not, you know, they'd say, I don't want to do a rental. There's not a lot of money in a rental or it's too much work. And I'm like, it is the people, it is the people. And then to sort of put my money where my mouth is, so to speak, we started counting stories instead of leads. I didn't, you're just to call people, contact them and, you know, reach out and get their story, find out what's going on in their life. This was super important in the beginning of 2020 when the world shut down. Yes. We literally made care calls. That's all we did. How can we help you? Um, do you need food? Do you need toilet paper? You know, did you lose your job? Can we pass your resume on? What, how can we help you? Um, I do it all. I do it everywhere. I don't have an ISA. I have a concierge. Um, I I was looking into getting an ISA. Everyone's like, that's the way you keep up with your database. That's what you do. And it's not who I am. Um, tell the people that don't know what is an ISA? Inside sales agent. So that would be for calling warm leads. Let's say you came to an open house or you clicked on something on mm-hmm. the website or you're a past client or a past, you know, you called on a sign at some point. Um, they follow up with the leads that already exist. So it's not a cold call. 
that would be outside sales. It's inside. So it's somebody inside calling people that have some sort of connection already and Brilliant. touch you know, and basically scripting on, do you want to buy a sell or invest in real estate today? And it's all about me, not about you. It kind of, yeah. You know, and next like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And okay. If that's not you, I'm going on to the next person. So, so I'm come back to your brilliant capture the story idea. I'm going to tell you a story first. Uh, it was a friend of mine was telling me that, you know, he had this like a crappy guitar and his dad had this amazing guitar. Mm -hmm. And so he said, dad, I've noticed you're not using your guitar. Uh, can I have it? And the dad's like, uh, sure, but not now. I want you to go get a good set of strings for your guitar. And I want you to play the guitar for three months and notice how much better your guitar sounds. And so the guy did that. And the guitar, sure enough, did sound better after three months. Then he realized, wait a minute, the guitar isn't better. I'm better. And his dad gave him something to do. And by you telling your people, capture the story, accidentally they're building relationships and caring and connection. And as opposed to everyone else's, how many calls did you make? How many yeses did you get? And it's more yeah. like regimented. And if you said, you know, care about your customers, they'd be like, oh, okay, uh, how do you do that? If you say capture stories, they accidentally do it with we, wonder. That's our script practice. Every Monday we have script practice. And it's not so much, um, you know, do you want to, hi, this is James Fano with Keller Williams. Do you want to buy a sell? It's not that it's, we go through stories and sometimes we, so I'm really tough on that. Capture my story. So pretend you called me and I came to an open house. Uh, ask me my story. Okay. Ring, 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 ring. Hi, is this Umar? Did I say your name right? I'm sorry. I didn't even know. Yeah, you got it spot on. Thanks. Oh, good. Hi, Umar. This is Gina Tafana with Keller Williams. You came to our open house at 123 Main Street on Sunday. Do you remember it? Mm, I went to a few. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I know. The weather was absolutely beautiful. This was the one with the pool in the backyard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah. What did you think about it? I really liked it a lot. And I thought, you know, it'd be a good place for our family. Oh, you have kids? I do. I've got three kids. Oh, wow. Boys or girls? So I see where this is going. So you're basically finding out about me and it's like, I'm you know, my story, who I am. I'm not talking about the house anymore at all. Um, if, if anything, I'll go back where you ever on a swim team, you know, because the pool, right. you know, were you ever... And it could be anything about the house. It could be, you know, oh, that one with the kitchen with the ugly wallpaper. I mean, I will just be honest. What do I think people remember about it? But that's just to get my foot in the door. And usually people are like this. Right. And then right. once you say anything, I'm in. <laughs> like, Brilliant. I'm just, tell me what's going on. Our school's important to you. Is this, is that, you know? And You know what's interesting is this, is that you can do what you just described. Mm -hmm. Two people can do it. And one person can do it in a way where they really want to connect and be heart focused and find out. Mm -hmm. And it just has a different feel and a vibe, even though somebody else uses the same words and you know, they're using it as a mechanism to get yeah. close to me. So how do you train your people not to be Almost have an ulterior motive, but really do that connection. And then from that, good things will happen. How do you get them to, to believe it and do it? That is literally all we focus on on Mondays. I mean, we focus on stories. We do, um, with that script practice, those roll calls, sometimes I'm really standoffish. Sometimes I'm really nice to them, you know, and then I make them give feedback to each other. They celebrate the wins. They talk about calls they had the week before, you know, what stories did you get? 
Um, we've brainstormed better ways to help people. I mean, it's constantly just how can we help? How can we help? How can we help? That's so, it's. I beat it into their heads. I mean, I can't. So, Gina, tell me about someone on your team. Don't name names, but tell me about someone that just wasn't quite getting it. And, you know, after some repetition or some insight or some experience they had that they finally went, oh, I know what you want. Do you have one of those stories with someone who got it? So it's all during the pandemic because that was even harder for them because now we're not even talking about real estate. I, right. You are not allowed to talk about buying or selling. This is March and April, right? Um, I can say that they were struggling and they would, you know, I had this call and you know, he was really mean. And I'm like, well, let's redo that. We would just keep redoing it. And then I had one agent and all of a sudden he came back and he was thrilled to death. He's like, she sent me a resume. She's looking for a job. What do I do it? Like, and it was just, I think the high you get from helping people is yeah. that sort of like, all of a sudden it worked and he actually connected with a person. And Prior to that, he was really struggling and sounded very um, like he was writing down, trying very, very hard, writing down everything I was saying. And but that experience to- got him to get it. Yes, and then once he understood how to connect, um, the other hard, uh, a sort of limiting belief that I have to smash is the money part. Um, they freak out sometimes, you know, like no, I need a contract, I need a contract, I no. You will get the the amount of money you make is in direct proportion to the amount of people you help. Period. Yeah, and it will come out the in the money wash. Money is the byproduct. Yes, it's like the bonus. And so I we have one story that I have probably if I've told it once I've told it a thousand times. It was about seven years ago. We had a listing, a rental listing. So there's not a lot of money in it. About an hour outside of our zone, you, almost right. everything we do is in one zip code, and this is so far away. Everybody complained about it. Nobody wanted to take the leads. Nobody wanted to do it. And I was frustrated. I am like, people, you know, from fair housing alone, you can't just pick and choose. Either you do these or you don't, you know. And we had someone apply for it. Um, We accepted them. Their credit was incredible. They doctor in a hospital. Like it was just Mm -hmm. completely not what you'd expect for this little tiny townhouse. And then I got a call from the client themselves, like they reached out to me directly, not through their agent and said, um, oh, you know, we really, we hate to do this, but we found something closer to where our horses are. And so I go into the whole story, like now I want her story. And a doctor was relocating um, to the hospital out there and just needed a place close by when they were on call. And they have this huge mansion of a house in my backyard, (laughs) like in my zone. Um, I'm like, sure, no problem. One of my agents drove the check down to the house to return her funds, which we weren't even supposed to do. But I just had a great conversation with her. Four months later, we listed their multi-million dollar house to sell. Um, and that was a rental lead that wasn't even, that was someone else's client, like calling me, can I get out? You know, and I told the agent and the agent's like, oh, you could, if you do it, that's okay. Like she didn't want to do it either. Nobody wanted to do the work. And, um, I tell that story over and over again to the team. Well, thank you for sharing that. The other thing you said earlier on was, you know, people want to help people. And when they help people, it just feels good for everybody. Mm -hmm. So typically 
cops, no matter where they are, tend to be jaded people because they tend to see the worst of humanity. And so this nurse was telling me this story. She said, you know, I'm teaching cops how to use Narcan to save lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people that are drug addicts, you know, like uh, low lives or whatever kind of thing going on. And she said she trained one week, she came back the next week, and one of the cops got to use Narcan and save a life. And one of the younger cops who's 22 says, hey, I want to save a life. And there was just this joy and passion. I want to be the next one to do this. And uh-huh. we make judgments of other people from our own point of view. And the reality is that everybody wants to help. Everybody wants to do good. And we just need to uh, connect with them story to story, heart to heart, and amazing things happen. I truly believe that. I always want to um, I tell new clients that call, we want to crawl inside your head. Like yep. the better conversations, I know they say buyers are liars and all that, that no, the agent was lazy and didn't ask the right questions, you yep. know? Um, and it's all about it, trust. If you've got enough trust, people will tell you everything. Yeah, 100%. Happily. And, and when then you're not actually trust, earning your money because you're making their life easier. You're solving their problems. You're actually helping them instead of making a sale. Um, it's, I don't know. I did a ride along. You said police officers. Oh, nice. Did, have you ever done one? No, they have standards. <laughs> Please go on. Um, I did a ride along. I want to say it was like four years ago. And it blew my mind. They really do. Like they have to look at everything suspiciously. And they, I, it, it gave me a newfound respect at how hard that job is. Can you imagine if you spent your entire life looking at every situation under a negative light, like what could be wrong here? And, and part of that is for themselves, but right, a bigger part to. of it, a bigger part of it is I've got a partner and if I let my guard down, they could get hurt and we do more for others mm-hmm. than we do for ourselves. And so, yeah, a tough, tough gig, but well, also compassion there. So another profession that's really kind of tough, then we'll come back to real estate in a minute, I promise, is nursing. You talk to any nurse and they'll tell you a story like this. I was five years old and my dad had a heart attack and the doctors were like freaking doctors, but the nurses is where the love was. And I knew when I was five, I'm going to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, Gina, is that a leader's job is to help their people let go of their fears and step into a new possibility. It, yes, it's to give them the room to grow. It's to give them the space to the only ceilings we have, we create for ourselves, even as leaders. Like we, you know, whether you plateau, absolutely. Yes. Every time you plateau, you built that, you put that ceiling in there. And I went on a rant two days ago in the office. I'm like, mediocrity is BS. Like this is bullshit. Like we are not. not yeah. They're not average. Like you, you know, they were asking if we could do one thing like over here. And I'm like, no, no, no. Cause this, we have to finish this over here, you know, otherwise we bring anything else in, you know, we're at system capacity here. We need to fix this. And I'm like, mediocrity is bullshit. If we're not serving people at a super high level, I don't even want to serve them. I don't even want to be a part of it. And I want them to embody that. And how can we be better? And how can we help? So tell people? me about, uh, so here's a thought. A lot of times, and I'll tell you where this thought came from. I was doing a rappel down a building to raise money for charity. And I realized I I didn't know these strangers that were putting me at risk, but I knew the director of the nonprofit and I trusted her and I was leveraging her trust to Uh these people. And it got me to think that your job as a leader, sometimes you have more trust in your agent than they have in themselves and they leverage your trust in them to go on the journey. 
So tell me about a specific story about one of the agents that you know had money issues or didn't believe in themselves that you got them to the other side. And how did you do that? Um, you want a success story that struggled? They well, they all struggle when they're new. Yeah, um, I think but real estate is when they're really like doing hard. okay, but they don't get to the next level because their beliefs about themselves let them get to a certain level of performance. And it's your job to get them to go. No, you can do better. And here's how you believe it. Like any one of those stories would be great because there's leaders listening to this kind of going like, "What is leadership?" And sometimes you can read it in a book, but when they hear Gina's story, it's like, "Oh." I get that. I would, that. I would say the first, if they've already reached a level of success, like they've already, you know, mm -hmm. they're doing okay, you know, that whole mediocrity, middle of the road thing. To get right. them to go to the next, they have to let go. Like that's, they tend to be control freaks if they get stuck there. <laughs> so people cannot see this because we're doing a video conference is mm -hmm. that right now in front of the camera, I'm holding a pen in my fist and even Arnold Schwarzenegger could not take this pen out of my fist. And the reason I share this metaphor is we hold on to our reality, good or bad, it's a death grip. So how do you get people to loosen that grip so they can make Baby the change? Steps. Baby steps. It's that one's a really hard one to get yeah. them to let go. Um, you know, utilize the TC more, utilize the admin more, let the marketing person do your marketing, you know, and, um, it is baby steps. I can't, it's not easy. That one, I feel like I'm chipping away at a giant rock, but once they let go, once you can finally let them let go, get to the Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah. Once they finally let go, then it's almost like the floodgate. Like you knock the wall down, like you're just chipping and chipping and chipping. It's cracking and cracking and cracking. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, so I don't have to show 35 houses to this person, you know, like to empower them. Like you shouldn't show more than five or six houses, period. You if, just should. If you're, you're having doing a bad job, if that's the case, yeah, it's your fault, not the customer's fault. time. Yeah. You're wasting your time, the client's time, everyone's time. And I mean, that's a big one. Like have more conversations. When they send you a list of 17 houses they want to see, you need to remind them that they didn't want this, that, and the other thing. And they're not going to like those houses. And you don't want to waste their time. You want yes. to provide value. And um, but once they finally get it, there's just so much freedom. Like they their whole life opens up. Like that in that example, they just save themselves a day a week or whatever. You know, all of a sudden they have ten extra hours to play with. It, it's and life joy back in the business. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's so, so my day job is uh, I'm an expert at changing human behavior. So I figure out what belief inside their mind stops them. So I was working with a realtor who was struggling. And what it turned out to be was an inner conflict where one part of his psyche knew that I can be great at this profession. Mm -hmm. And as he was talking, he was using one hand to talk like an Italian. Hey, Umar. I can really, really make a difference here. A strong voice, strong gestures. And then his other hand came up. But you know... I don't have a college education and gestures were weak and the voice was weak. And as soon as I see that, I know there's an internal conflict. So we resolved the conflict. And a month later, I got a video testimonial from him saying that day that we met, I was ready to quit because I was not making any money. Uh -huh. And I've got nine contracts this month. So I didn't teach him a thing about real estate, but we got rid of that internal conflict of, I know I can do it, but you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. And you know, part of your job is being that psychiatrist for your team, right? Yeah. And the buyers and the sellers and... And yourself, absolutely. I know. It's a little so, bit of therapy all day long. 
So tell me, Gina, before we part company today is you started this business in kind of 08, like the best time to come into real estate when everything was crashing. So what's some advice, things you know now that you wish you knew back then? And yeah, tell me, is there, what advice would you give your younger self? Don't do it. No, not that. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. It's a, my, it's a life beyond my wildest dreams. Um, in 2008, when I started the team, I was so scared. I was just, I, I'm constantly, I'm still scared. Like there's still, you know, you take the bigger rocks and except now I can identify the fear. So if there's anything, it's not even real estate related. It's internal. It's, it's yeah. just sit with the feeling for a minute and figure out what it is. Because so, there's a good fear and a bad fear. The bad fear is don't touch the stove. You'll burn your hands. That's yeah. like a real thing. You should be afraid of that. And then good fear means it's good things. And you're, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, in order to grow, it has to be a little awkward. Learn how to walk in the new shoes. So what's kind of interesting is I noticed this beautiful set of windows behind you in the other room. Mm-hmm. At right now, if somebody threw a brick through that window, what would happen is you would instantly go into fight or flight response, the ultimate fear. Mm-hmm. And that is your most beautiful, powerful self. Because when that happens, your strength goes up dramatically. Your reaction time is amazing. Your ability to focus on what the challenge is, is laser focused. You're at the height of your human powers in that moment. And what we're trained to do is when fear comes up, I've got this client who wants to buy a $10 million house. I'm only used to $500,000 houses. When that fear comes up, we label it danger and we shut down. Biologically, that's the very time to say that that is fear. And that means I'm the strongest, fastest, best version of myself. And how do I use that to step into this. And Uh that is, if I could change one thing in the world is getting people to realize that, is that fear is our best friend. It can save our lives, but also all the times we mislabeled it and used it to shut down when it was trying to say, hey, I'm giving the energy to be your very best. Mm -hmm. And Gina, today was such a joy talking with you. Dear listeners, you cannot see her, but there's always a smile on her face. And she's like beaming with pride on her team and the impact she makes. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 